Welcome to The Root and Fountain, a lively podcast about prayer and the Catholic faith. I'm your host, Veronica Jarski, a writer and the editorial manager of The Invisible Scar, a website for adult survivors of emotional child abuse. In this episode, I'm sharing 10 ways to draw closer to the Blessed Mother. Now, this episode is especially for listeners who have toxic or difficult relationships with their moms. Drawing closer to the Virgin Mary can be very difficult when you haven't had a loving mom. But know you're not alone, and you can still get closer to Mary. Stay a while and find out how. Mother's Day is coming up, and so I'm thinking about my relationship with my mom. And particularly, I mean the Blessed Mother. Now, that might surprise you, because Mother's Day is usually a time when people reflect on the relationship with their earthly mother, how she's inspiring, how she's close to their, her children, how she's always there. You can always give your mom a call, and she's available for you, and she puts you first, and all these beautiful things that one would expect from a healthy, good relationship with one's earthly mom. But the fact is that not everyone has a relationship like that with their earthly mom, and I'm one of those. My relationship with my mother is quite toxic, and we haven't spoken in about 10 years. So that is a cross to bear. But how does that affect my relationship with my heavenly mother? And the truth is, it has been a journey. It has been a journey for me to understand and unravel the relationship that I have with my earthly mother and how I approach our heavenly mother, the blessed mother. So in this podcast, I want to talk about 10 ways that we can grow closer to the Blessed Mother when your earthly mother is toxic. Now, before I begin, I really want to be very careful in how I speak about a toxic mother. The truth is that most mothers are fantastic, and some of the ones that aren't even that great try. There's some mothers that you can sit down with, and you can say, Mom, I'm having a really hard time, or I don't like when you do this, or in our relationship, this is something that's really bothering me, and you can work it out. Most relationships can be worked out through good dialogue, even through therapy, through trying things together. I've known a lot of people, a lot of my friends actually, have had relationships with their moms that were very difficult when they were children, and especially when they were teenagers. And when they became adults, they were able to voice how they felt to their mother. And their mothers were able to have the self-awareness and the desire and the grace, actually, to change and to work into having good relationships with their children. And these friends of mine now can can say that they have good relationships with their mom. Not completely smooth, not great from the very beginning. They're the, the relationships are these, working, these uh, works in progress. Then there's a small percentage of people, of which I am one of these, that just could not make a go of it. And just for context, and because I feel like it's important for the other things that I'm going to say, I will let you know that my upbringing was a very difficult one. And from, from pretty much from birth to I was 38 years old, I was launching a campaign to make my mom love me. I could not succeed, apparently. So I grew up with a mother who did not like who I was, who made fun of and mocked anything that I liked, who constantly compared me to her younger, far more popular self or my younger brother, who couldn't see me nor who really wanted to see me. My childhood was just surviving, being emotionally on my own. People often say to me, oh, every mother criticizes their child a little, or every mother messes up sometimes. And that is true. But 
having an emotionally abusive childhood means you are systematically just constantly having who you are eroded by your parents. So a small sampling of what was said to me growing up was, Veronica, you're unlovable. Veronica, you're so difficult. I can't imagine how anyone would ever, how would anyone ever love you? You think too much. It's unattractive. You're ugly and you'd be prettier if you lost weight or had blue eyes or straighter teeth. Your friends are pathetic. When, um, when a classmate of mine committed suicide and I was struggling with my feelings about that, my mother was like, don't worry about it. You didn't even know her. And when my first boyfriend died shortly after graduation, it was a little bit after we'd broken up. I mean, he was just 18. Well, that was very hard. That was very hard. And my mother said that, you know, you hadn't even known him that long. And why are you making such a big deal out of it? When I struggled with the depression, I was told, get over it. Other people had it worse. And I had nothing to complain about. So meanwhile, you know, I was being told that I was sloppy, a loser, unlovable. No one would ever marry me because of my incredibly difficult personality that I should stop learning so much because no one likes to know it all, that I thought too much, I overanalyzed everything, that I was nothing like anyone else in the family, and my mother couldn't even believe that I was her own kid. She also told me when I was 14 that she stopped worrying about me because, you know, I didn't need her, and she thought that, you know what, my brother needed me, not her. When I started dating my boyfriend, she made fun of him and then made fun of me and then told me constantly that he'd cheat on me. When I married him, then she was always telling me that he was too cute for me and would probably leave me. She'd point out cute girls to him and said, oh, and would compare them to me. And she would tell me all the time that if I didn't just stop being so intense and know-it-all and talkative and unladylike, that he would most likely leave me. And he probably was cheating on me because I'm so unlovable. Blah, 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 blah. So this was a constant barrage. All the circumstances of my childhood plus everything like that. It was, it was horrible. Just anything that you can imagine that a mother should say to their child never happened with me. Never. But no one would ever know. I have parents who were very, they from the outside looked like very good, kind, loving people. And they always spoke very well of me to others. But behind closed doors, it was a different story. So when I finally got to therapy at 38, my own therapist, he said to me that it was literally a miracle that I was alive. He was Catholic and he said it was an act of God, a miracle that I was happily married and had kids and not as messed up as I should have been considering all that. So I stood up for myself and that's why there has been so much silence in this time. Growing up, my relationship with the Virgin Mary was non-existent. I saw her, yes, she's God's mom. I said the Hail Mary all the time, of course. And she was a very beautiful but reserved figure in my life. It was as if I, when I was going to prayer, I was this peasant entering the castle and yes, there's the, the high king. And yes, there's the queen mother. And she's there. And she was always very regal. And I loved, I loved so many of the, the songs that we sang to her. Hill Holy Queen was the greatest. And I wanted to be closer to her. But I was afraid of her. Because I just thought she would be like my own mom. And I was not ready to be close to the Virgin Mary. So I did not pray to her. I didn't ask her for anything. Yeah, the rosary was around in my life. But the rosary was more a meditation of the life Christ for me rather than a relationship with Mary. I was able to pray the rosary and say the Hail Marys, but during that time I would focus on the mystery. I know there's a lot of mysteries that's around the Virgin Mary. Hello, the Annunciation, the Visitation. Yes, I know, but somehow in my mind I was able to separate that. <laughs> but then through time, things changed. 
And so I want to take this time to give 10 tips to get closer to the Virgin Mary. And these are things that I did for myself and that helped, or that God did to me to help me to the point where I am now, where I have a very close relationship with the Blessed Mother. Um, I do truly believe that she's my mom. I love her so much. And I have way too many Mary statues in my house. (laughs) I wear the um, miraculous medal around my neck all the time. It's funny because I have a lot of friends who consider me very Marian. And people have said to me, oh, I wish I had a closer relationship with the Mary like you do. And I find that really, it's really sweet. But I always have to remind people, you need to know where I've been because it has not been an easy journey. I will say this. When you're trying to get closer to the Virgin Mary, sometimes people will give you like really trite advice. Okay, let me explain. I used to belong to this mom's group a while ago. And everyone there was, of course, everyone was Marian. Oh, Mary this, Mary that, Mary. Oh, and I was always really quiet because I was like, no, I'm not going to get closer to Mary because you know what? I have enough to deal with with my mother. I don't need the Virgin Mary giving me more burdens on how to be because I already know I am the worst. I don't need more help thinking that I am the worst. And so they would share stuff and they'd say, oh, are you are you close to the Virgin Mary? No, not really because I don't need her. I can go directly to the Lord. I don't need the Virgin Mary. Thanks. But that's sweet. You, you know, they would say, oh, why not? Sometimes, not always, but sometimes I say, you know, I'm working through my relationship with my earthly mom right now, so I don't really need that right now. They would say, oh, well, just make Mary your mom. Ta-da! Like that's so easy. That to me is so dismissive. So I, my advice will not be to say, you know what? Make Mary your mother. Ta-da! Problem solved. You're Mary. Poof. Now you're going to love the rosary. You're going to understand the feast days. You're going to ask her for things all the time. You're going to be so tight because that is not how a relationship goes. A relationship is that. It's a work in progress and there's a lot to be done. And most of the work is done on our part. So I begin my list now. The first thing is to ask her. It's a big step because first you have to want to ask her. So when I was starting with my relationship with the Virgin Mary, my prayer was first, Mary, if you want, help me to get closer to you. That is like a really great prayer. (laughs) And then it became, Mary, I, I want to want to have a good relationship with you. I don't have one, as you know, but I want to want to get to know you. And I pray that for a very long time, a very, very long time. And I kind of expected that it would magically work. I think, oh, I've asked her. Now it's going to happen. I have to do nothing. But that's not what happened. But the first step is to ask her, to legit go up to her and, and ask her out. When we have a friend that we want to make, we reach out to them. I've done it with my friends. I've been like, hey, um, you know, it's been great volunteering in this class with you. And I was thinking maybe you want to go for a cup of coffee or something. And I was, and I felt very embarrassed. I don't know why, because I'm not a shy person, but whew, making that first step in friendship, that's a doozy. Fortunately, that person did say yes. And she's one of my best friends. So yeah. And that happens true with any relationship. You have to step forward. And, um, and to be brave. So be brave, listener. Be brave. Ask the Virgin Mary. You may not even know what you're asking for exactly. You're like, do I want you as my friend? Do I want you to be like a mom to me? I kind of don't want the mom thing. Just whatever. Just ask for a relationship. Please, Mary, help me to have a relationship with you. Or please, Mary, help me to want to have a relationship with you. That's step one. Step two, set aside your feelings for your earthly mom. This one is so hard and yet not. At first, it's hard because when I would 
think about the Virgin Mary. I, I could not see her for her. I could not. Yes, I saw all the beautiful pictures and Our Lady Guadalupe is gorgeous. I love Our Lady Guadalupe. And I must have drawn her for my for my art site, Paper Dolly. I ran that for a long time. I must have drawn so many versions of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And like as I'm talking right now, I've got a statue of OLG next to me. But I couldn't see her without seeing my own mother. I think, okay, there's a mom. <sighs> Big sigh. What is she going to want? Is she going to pick on me? She's going to pick on me. I know. She wants me to be holy. She wants me to be close to the Lord. And I don't pray enough. And I don't read enough scripture. And I don't go to mass often enough. And I don't partake of the sacraments enough. And I do this. And I do that. And I had the radio set to Veronica Sucks. She's awful. So that's what the Virgin Mary is going to tell me. Because the Virgin Mary is going to ask me to do something. And quite frankly, I know I have to get better, but eh. So I just would had so much in my mind before I approached her that made it very difficult. There's a scene. <laughs> There's a scene in Duck Soup. It's a Marx Brothers movie. It is an absurd movie. It is actually very not for this time. It's a lot of stuff in there that's like, wow, we didn't quite understand uh, racism or sexism quite as fully then, did we? But there's this one scene where the Groucho Marx character, he has had an argument with someone and the, the, the president of another country. And that president of another country is going to come to, to Groucho Marx, who is also president, and apologize. So Groucho Marx is sitting there and he's waiting. And he's like, okay, well, he's going to come and he is going to apologize to me. And I'll be great. He's going to apologize to me. And he's going to say, he's sorry. And then but what happens if he's not coming to apologize to me? What happens if he's going to come here and he's going to tell me off? What happens if he's, you know, who does he think he is? I can't believe he's coming to my country and he's going to do this. Da, 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 da. I, what the nerve. And as soon as the guy walks in, Gretchen Marx slaps him across the face with a glove and declares war. The guy hadn't even walked in through the door. <laughs> and yeah, that's how I was with the Virgin Mary. I was like, oh, I'm going to get closer to the Virgin Mary. Oh, the Virgin Mary is going to probably do this and she's going to do that. Blah, blah. And then, you know, just not even give her a chance. So what we have to do is do set her apart. Set your mother, your own earthly mother apart. Just go, you know what? I know that person. I know my earthly mom, but we're not talking about her right now. She is not the Immaculate Conception. She is not Jesus's mom. She is not, no, she's not the queen of heaven. I had a mother. I have a mother. But we're not going to be talking about her right now. And we set her aside in our thoughts. And then we go, okay, this is Mary. This is Mary. This is a different person. Which leads us to step three. So three is to seek her in scripture. Okay, so now you're in front of the Virgin Mary. Who is she? I don't know if I would go with what my friends say about her. Because they have, may have different experiences with her. And some of my friends were a little so Marian that I was like, okay, like rein it in, ladies. This is Jesus. Jesus is different. Jesus is... God, Mary is not. So it can get a little uh, oof, a little much. I sought out the Virgin Mary in scripture. Get to know her that way and think about her. Okay, the Annunciation and then the Visitation and then just all the different times we see her. The Wedding Feast at Cana. And also I took a, a class. It was through the formed website. It was, um, it was called A Biblical Study of Mary. And it was very good because to me it really made Mary stand out. 
She was always like that really cool kid at the party that I thought, you know, I'd like to talk to her. I don't know if we're going to get close. I don't think so. But then after having a course on her, I really thought, wow, that's someone I can totally go up to. I can go up to. I can approach her. I, I think I, I think I really like her. So seek her out in scripture. Seek out studies for her. And you know, just be aware that if you're taking a study and it's not speaking to you, do another one. I've tried a lot of Mary studies. I tried one that was so over the top. Well, <laughs> totally judgy here. It felt a little too Mary. And I'm like, this is not a beginner course of someone who does not even know. I don't even know how I feel about her. Like, yes, she's a mother of God. Got it. I can give you the arguments for her. I are actually when I was in Welcome Home and RCIA, I was able to give great arguments about why the Virgin Mary deserved to be honored and why she is the Virgin Mary, why she's the Immaculate Conception, and why she was, you know, she never had any other kids and all that stuff. I could argue all the points about Mary so well too, but I didn't love her. So seek her out in scripture and get to know her and listen to who she is. Find her out. Find out who she is. So fourth tip is to listen to her at Guadalupe. When I read about Our Lady of Guadalupe, she was so tender. I loved how she spoke to Juan Diego. She was so sweet, her little Dieguito. And she was so kind to him. She asked him to do something. He couldn't because he had to take care of his sick uncle. And she wasn't like, you will now die and perish for disobedience. You know? No, she wasn't like that at all. She was very understanding and sweet. And then uncle got better. And she's gentle. She's gentle but fierce, but never hateful and so kind. I would urge you to get to know her in Our Lady Guadalupe, especially. Read about that miracle. Read about that feast day, December 12th. Get to know her through that apparition, the verified apparition. Because there's some out there don't sound like Mary. Oh, guess what? They're not. They're not verified. Number five is to study how the saints love her. This is really funny. Maybe. <laughs> but if you listen to this podcast at all, first of all, thank you. And second of all, you will know that Maximilian Colby is my spiritual papa. He is my guy. Also, the thing that's ironic to me is Maximilian Colby also is incredibly Marian. Incredibly Marian. He had, I mean, goodness gracious. He had the monastery. It was called Marytown. He had a newspaper, the Maculata. He wrote books you know, aim higher, how to get closer to Mary. There's a Marian consecration. That's a prayer of Maxim and Colby. Somehow I have managed to not think about her, even though I was close to Maximilian Colby, even though I am close. During all this time, whenever I read something about Maximilian Colby that spoke of the Virgin Mary, I'd think, well, <laughs> that's good for you, Max. Yay. I know it was great. You were presented as a child, two crowns, a red one and a white one for your purity and that you can stay, you know, pure your whole life or you can choose martyrdom. Which one do you want? And you chose both. And the Virgin Mary granted them both to you. You're able to be this amazing martyr and you're this amazing person. And I love you so much. I don't know though about Mary. I don't know about me and her. Me and her. Because suddenly I'm grammatically incorrect. But he always was mentioning her. He said, you are hers. Let yourself be led by the Immaculate. You are hers. And then he said things like, a man cannot rise higher than this. And the Immaculate is the highest degree of perfection and sanctity of a creature. No man will ever attain the celestial summit of grace, for the mother of God is unique. However, he who gives himself without limits to the Immaculate will in short time attain a very high degree of perfection and procure for God a very great glory. Always, always talking about the Virgin Mary. Then I would read things like, again, Maxim and Colby. I pray you tell the brothers not to be afraid at all to love the Immaculate too much. They'll never love her like Jesus loved her. So I thought, well, 
That's true. I can't love her more than Jesus did. I mean, he made her the queen of heaven, for goodness sake. I mean, first the tabernacle, the immaculate conception. There's so many things he did for her. I guess I could love her too because I'll do my best. So the thing is, you know, just seek her out. And I read so many things about her. It just happened to be that all my favorite saints would speak about her. Jose Maria Escriva. You know, we're not going to get through a podcast without me mentioning him. So Saint Jose Maria wrote, so your strength is failing you? Why don't you tell your mother about it? Mother, call her with a loud voice. She's listening to you. She sees you in danger, perhaps. And she, your holy mother Mary, offers you, along with the grace of her son, the refuge of her arms, the tenderness of her embrace. And you will find yourself with added strength for the new battle. Wow. Okay. So he was really close to her too. And Brother Pio, may the mother of Jesus and our mother always smile in your spirit, obtaining for it from her son every heavenly blessing. And of course, Mother Teresa had the big prayer. I've used this prayer a lot. You know, when you're in times of trouble, when things are really hard, just call out, Mary, be a mother to me now. And that prayer has been absolutely breathtakingly, hugely important in my life. Mary, be a mother to me now. So that's what what happened to me is I read a lot about the saints. I didn't seek out to read books about the saints about Mary because, to be honest, when I read about St. Louis, Louis de Montfort, he was a lot for me. He was a little too much. Like I would read it. I was like, my goodness, like this guy is so in love with Mary and I am not there. And I find it a little off-putting because I feel like it's a little too much for me. I just want to get closer to Mary, but I feel like he talks so much about her that it's almost like he talks more about her than God. And I don't really like that. Again, this is what I thought at the beginning. Then, of course, later on, I learned that he loves her so much. And when you love Mary, that you just can't stop talking about her. And he does love her. Of course, he loves Jesus first because Mary always points to Jesus. You can't love Mary and not love Jesus. Like she's always talking about him. You love Mary, she's pointing out Jesus, always pointing to him. I mean, she did that at the wedding feast of Cana. Do what he tells you, she told his servants. So, St. Louis Montfort was very difficult for me at first. So, I would study the saints. And I noticed that all my favorite saints did have a really close relationship with Mary. I started thinking, maybe I should really try to get closer to her even more. For example, like say you're a chef, you know, and you're doing your best and you're cooking at home. And then someone says to you, guess what? You can go and have this free access all you want and have Jack Papan come to your house and cook with you. He'll give you all you need to cook. And then you will be an amazing chef like he is. Well, how many of you would be like, ah, eh, forget it. You know what? I'm not into French cooking, whatever. So to me, I kept looking at the saints and think all these saints are so close to the Blessed Mother. And I want to be a saint. I mean, that's the whole point of our lives. What are we called to be? Am I called to be, you know, the world's best this or that or that? You know what? Yes, I have professional goals. I have personal goals as well. But my main goal, my main desire is to be a saint. That's what it's all about. I just want to get to heaven through God's mercy and grace. And not to get in the way of his mercy and grace. So how do you do that? You study the the all-stars, which are the saints. And Mary is like the captain of the all-stars. She's the queen of heaven. So I go to her for that. My sixth tip is begin to think about what you know about her. All the stuff that you've been putting in your head now, like the saint stories, the scriptures, and asking her, reflect on these things. Don't just put it in there and not think about it. It's so easy not to think about things. You know this. I know this from math class. I can go to a poor math class. I always pick on it. Any math class, elementary, high school, college. I've been to classes before. I don't know what happened. It was like I was there. There were words. Words were said, I think. You know, you can go to a Shakespearean play 
and all the words are being thrown at you and you have no idea what it means. The thing is to, to reflect on what you learned. As you get closer to her, as you've learned all these different things, do something about it. Dedicate a little bit of your a time in your prayer just to think about what is she, what did this mean? What did she say? What, how did she say it? How would I have been in that situation? Like listening. You know, imagine the annunciations happening right before you. You're like Mary's roommate. You're in the room. You're seeing all this happen. What are you thinking? What are you impressed by? What are you concerned about? How did it go? How did it feel? That kind of feeling. So really enter into that. The seventh tip is to ask your saint friends to pray for you, for your relationship with the Virgin Mary. I had to do this. So in prayer, I would ask Maximilian Colby, I know you have a close relationship with the Virgin Mary. I know that you know I don't. And I know that you know that I'm sort of ambivalent about it. But you know what? Maybe it'd be nice. So if you could pray for me to get closer to the Virgin Mary, because I think that would be a really good thing in my spiritual life. Can you do that? I believe he prayed for me for about, it was a good like five years, five years for my heart to get warmer, to unfreeze. Five years of my being able to see the Virgin Mary as the Virgin Mary and not see her as my mom, to see her as someone very loving, someone absolutely obedient to the Lord, someone always pointing not to herself, not demanding things for herself, not criticizing others for herself, not moaning and complaining and just doing these weird little passive aggressive things. No that the Virgin Mary was always being very loving and reminding us, repent, pray, repent, pray, look close to the Lord, follow the Lord, do what he tells you, do what he tells you. So ask the saints, ask your favorite saints to ask for help for you. They're there to intercede for us, right? That's what the Virgin Mary is there for too. The eighth tip is to take time to getting to know her, her days. She has her feast day for Mary, the mother of God. There's the day of the Immaculate Conception, the day of the Assumption. There's Our Lady Guadalupe Day. There's oh, so many feast days. And let's get to know them better. That's what I asked myself. I'd be like, why does the church celebrate these big days? What you can do too is to, to explore that thought. Why is that happening? Why is that such a big deal? Once you start to look into that, you'll understand that the church that is universal, that has been long longer than you have, longer than I have been, had its reasons. And this is why. And this is what we draw forth from that. It'll start to feel different. It won't be a day where you're just like, well, we'll sing one of the songs at church and that will be it. It'll be something that you, you'll carry happiness with you. Just like when, you, when it's a loved one's birthday and you have that joy for them that whole day, you'll have that same feeling. You'll be like, oh my goodness, today's Our Lady Guadalupe Day. You know, and rather than just an excuse to have really good Mexican food, <laughs> you can be like, oh, you know what? Let's do something special for her. And you'll just think about her all day. It'll be a beautiful thing. You'll get there gradually because she'll start to have her own special days in your, yeah, in the calendar, but also in your heart. You'll want to set time apart with her. The ninth thing, this is a very hard one, is to let yourself love her. This is really hard, especially if you had a really terrible relationship with your mom. Loving a mother figure is very difficult. Now, I know some people who have had terrible relationships with their mother, and then what they did was they saw other mother figures in their lives. And in talking to them, they'd say, oh yes, I have a terrible relationship with my mom. But you know who was a mom to me? My neighbor. She was like a mother to me. Or they'd say, oh my goodness, like my own mother was terrible. But then I had an aunt or a teacher and that person was a mom to me. And that's all beautiful. And I think that's great that they were able to do that. I wasn't one of those. I did not seek a mother figure. And not having a good mother, I was like, I don't need one. I will take care of myself. So I just completely cut myself off to that whole idea. I never really sought out a relationship with anyone who could have been close to being a mother figure to me. No one, not at all. 
did not want that. I can't say that enough, but there was no way. I'm like, you know what? I will take care of my own freaking self. I will thank you for the food and the shelter, but everything else, I will get a job, do it myself, everything. And then when I, sometimes I had to rely on them, it was always a great burden and it was very difficult for me. Letting yourself be loved is very difficult. So the Virgin Mary wants to love me. She wants to be close to me. Like, what's going to be the, what's going to be the repercussion of this? What are you going to ask back? Because if you do have a toxic relationship with your mom, you know that anything you do is going to kick you in the patootie after. You do one good thing, you're going to hear about it. You do one thing that's displeasing, you're going to hear about it. Whatever it is, you're going to hear about it. It looks like you had a nice time at a party. Somehow, later, you're going to hear a whole laundry list of all the crap that you did. It's just going to be miserable. Any interaction will bring misery later. Any moment of joy later is going to be this diatribe against all the things that you've done wrong. So knowing that, it is hard to go to the Virgin Mary and go, Mary, okay, so you love me. You love me as your child. I hear people saying that you love us all. I read in scripture that you, you, know, you prayed for the church. I hear all these saints speaking of how loving you are all the time. Help me to feel that love. That was my big prayer. Help me to feel your love, please. And she answered it. She answered it so fully, so completely through time. And now I can say, you know, many years later, Marion for quite a while now, I can say that I really do feel her love. I felt her love so tremendously. I've had miracles in my life happen because of her and her love for us. And the fact that I, I think I let myself be loved by her and she, she did amazing things. And so number 10 is to let yourself be loved by her. The other side is to let yourself love her. Don't be afraid to love her. She won't let you down. She'll never let you down. She's a perfect mother. She is. And get to know her and to talk to her. Like what I like to do is throughout the, my day, I'll talk to her. I talk to her like a mom. Well, she is a mom. <laughs> but like the things I can't tell my mom, I haven't been able to tell my mom, I tell her. And I imagine like a mom, she doesn't even care if it's trivial or if it's like incredibly huge. She loves it all. Because here's the thing. I'm a mom of four kids. And there's never been a time where any of my children have come up to me and I've been like, well, that's boring. I've heard long stories about Lego characters, how Minecraft works. I've had heard long conversations about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, soccer teams, everything. Whatever the kid might, might, whatever my kid wants to talk about, I listen to. So I will always listen to my kids. I won't necessarily always agree. I won't always love what they say. And sometimes I may have some feedback. But mostly I listen. And I would say that I'm just glad and so happy and so touched that my kids, in their unfurling of who they are, make the time to come and talk to me. I think that maybe Mary is the same way. Maybe in his, my unfurling and my relationship with the Lord, Mary doesn't mind listening to all my, my little things. So I'll go to her. I go to her with my things with my kids. Mary, can you please pray for this child and this child because of this, because of that, blah, 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 blah. I'll go to Mary to talk about my earthly mother. I'm like, Mary, for example, you know, Mary, Mother's Day is coming up. I'm thinking about my mom. And I'm praying for my mom, but I know that being near my mother would be something absolutely toxic. I talk to her, Mary about that. I tell Mary when I'm having a good day in the garden. Hey, Mary, these flowers came in, the dianthus. Oh, they're so pretty. Do you like them? Do you like pink flowers? Do you like purple flowers? Is it always blue? Do you always like the blue flowers? Because you're always drawn. <laughs> People always color you in blue. That is your color. So I talked about everything, all the things. And yes, we can talk directly to God. Yes, we don't necessarily need to talk to Mary, but if we are to and honor our mother and father, 
and and I do, even though I have I honor my I honor my earthly mother by praying for her and I wish her the absolute best and I do forgive her for all that she's done. Yeah, and I pray for her and offer up mass for my earthly mother and all that. But then with the Blessed Mother, how do I honor her? How do I honor the Blessed Mary? And it is through a relationship with her. It's to listen to what people have said about her, to listen to the prayers, to draw closer to her, to realize how much she loves us, and not to just be so dismissive of that love. And that's how I was before. I used to really dismiss all that. And so I know I have a lot of friends who still struggle with their parents, who are with mothers specifically. And they're like, I don't need, I don't need her. And to be honest, that's not really, really true because we do need her. Is she necessary for salvation? No. Do you need her to get to heaven? No. The only one who, um, the only one who allows us to get to heaven is God. Now I've heard people say, oh my goodness, like God is at the gate, you know, God is there and you know, he's at the front door, but Mary's always letting people in through the side window. I'm like, that's not how it works. Mary's not thwarting God. Mary's not like pulling the wool over God's eyes. That's not happening. Mary's obedient to God. Mary is far second to God. She's the ultimate, you know, human, but she's nowhere close to God. And we know that. But it cannot be denied that the, the most fruitful saints have been the ones that have been Marian. And I would be hard pressed to find any saint who wasn't Marian. I can't even think of one. They are all they all had a relationship with Mary. That cannot be coincidence. That's just how it is. Mary is the mom of all of us. If you watch The Chosen, uh, I don't know if you guys watch The Chosen television show. It's brilliant. I really love it. Yes, I know it's not fully scriptural, but there are so many beautiful notes in those in those episodes. And one of them is I love how they portray Mary. She's there with the apostles. She's making food. She cares about them. She loves them so much. She loves them so much for their well-being. And I love that. I do imagine her like that with us. We're pursuing the Lord. We're pursuing a deeper relationship with him. And Mary's there making sure we're fed. We're clothed. She takes care of us. So we should pay attention to her. She loves us so much. She loves you, even if you don't really love her. She loves you even if you've never said a Hail Mary. She loves you even if you're afraid of loving her. She loves you even if your earthly mother did not. She loves you even if you were abandoned by your mother. She loves you even if your mother does not pay any attention to you. She loves you if, even if your earthly mother favors somebody else. She loves you even if your earthly mother no longer talks to you. The Virgin Mary loves you even if your earthly mother isn't around anymore. She loves you. She loves all her children. And we are all her children. She's the mother of the church. We are church and she loves us. So those are my 10 tips on ways that you can get closer to Mary. And I tell you, I was the most hard-hearted, hard-hearted person against Mary. There was no way if you had told me 10 years ago that I'd be close to Mary, that I'd even have a statue of Mary, I would have been like, no, I'm going to have a statue of Max or Miguel Pro, pretty much anyone but Mary. I would have never thought ever. And I would have never thought I would have any advice for anyone getting closer to Mary because what would I have known? But here I am. And you can be closer to Mary too. Just open your heart. Just open your heart and take time. Be slow about it. Don't rush it. We don't rush relationships. Those don't work. Take your time. Now, before I close this out with a prayer, I'd like to remind you that you can sign up to receive the latest news from the Root and Fountain podcast at therootandfountain.fireside.fm. Or you can subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Spotify. And if there's any question you may have or prayer requests, please do send them to therootandfountain at gmail.com and we'll be sure to read it. 
Thanks so much for listening. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.